This is ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Critchman. Joining me today is a good friend and colleague, Dr. Alyssa Dweck. She is a gynecologist in New York and assistant clinical professor at Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining us today. And I think, you know, it's really important. We're going to be talking about feminine hygiene products and particularly focusing on the vulva. And I know that, you know, if you ask 10 women about feminine hygiene products, you'll get 10 different answers. Alyssa, why is it so confusing and why is it so important about the external vulvar area? Right. So first, thank you so much for having me. I find this to be such an interesting subject because Women of all ages have gotten information from people ranging from their mothers, sisters, friends, hairdressers, bartenders, internet, you name it, about how to clean and wash the genital area. And so I think it's a great topic of conversation because the answers are so variable. In general, it's reasonable to think that the vaginal area specifically is self-cleaning in and of itself. It usually has mechanisms to help prevent infection and whatnot. However, during times of changes, particularly the perimenopausal and menopausal transition times, things may change on the vulvar skin and in the vagina, and therefore different products and remedies really may be looked for or requested by patients. Right. And I, I think it's really important that it's, you know, you, you mentioned the perimenopause, but other situations certainly can impact the natural balance of the vagina specifically, not only menstrual blood, but sperm even upsets the natural balance of the pH. So, you know, I think the importance of vaginal health certainly very important. We talk about moisturizers and lubricants, but even more so, many women have misperceptions. You know, I've heard anything from, we use no products on the vulva to water. I know I always tell my unfortunate case study where a woman was complaining of some itching and burning and really felt some discomfort on the vulva. And she actually used like a household cleanser that she normally uses on, you know, to clean the sink or the bathroom on her skin on the outside, which really caused a a super infection and and rather serious irritation. So, you know, I think the, the important concept of the vulva and the outside area, certainly very, very important. Some of the skin issues can be very sensitive and delicate to trauma and irritation. Why is it so important to choose the right product for the right area? Right. So for some women, they literally can use any type of cleansing product on the genital skin without any trouble whatsoever. But, you know, by the time they're making it into my busy clinical practice, they've either found that they're getting very irritated from something that might have heavy fragrance or they're getting irritated or a discharge or itching or burning from something that has an ingredient that might be caustic for them. So I try to break it down and look into certain ingredients that could be caustic for some people. And, of course, we've all heard the story of women who use Lysol wipes for their bottoms, which, of course, is absolutely unacceptable. And ouch is all I can say. So with that said, I think one of the newer products on the block is called hyaluronic acid, 
And this is a product or an ingredient, I should say, that's very helpful for moisture and lubrication. We're accustomed in medicine to seeing this used for eye care or for knee care and joint care for mobility and better lubrication. But actually, the dermatologists have it right when they are using products containing hyaluronic acid for the skin to help with moisture, perhaps help protect against dryness. And so there are various products. One that I tend to recommend and really am happy with is one called Lubrigine, which contains hyaluronic acid and is very helpful for women in the genital skin. So this is something to keep in mind. One other ingredient that seems to be very irritating for some women is glycerin. So if somebody is particularly prone to irritation or yeast, I might try to tell them to avoid products that contain this. And also parabens, which have been caustic for some women and might have some sort of hormonal-type property that could be concerning for some women as well. Right, and I think you bring up some good points. I think there's two really take-home messages here for the clinicians, that we're not only addressing the vagina, the inside area in terms of the ridges, folds, elasticity, pliability, and stretchability, but we're dealing with the vulvar skin as well. And, you know, women are active, vibrant, they are running corporations, they're on call, they swim in chlorinated pools, they enjoy hot tubs, and the external area also can get irritated from a variety of reasons. And we know that when hormonal shifts happen, you know, a previous product that may be helpful now may be hurtful. So again, you bring up some good points in terms of looking at a system in terms of taking care of the genitals. Many women know about cleaning their face, whether they do a system, they do a cleanser, they do a moisturizer, they do a variety of products. It's kind of a system in order to better take care of their skin. And again, the same kind of concept really is very critical for the genital area. You bring a point of the additives, and I think it's really critical to start reading labels. And you talk about parabens and glycerin. And again, some of the products have alcohol base, which can really be about pouring kerosene on an open fire. These are very, very irritating. So again, read labels. They can be very, very confusing in terms of overall care for the vaginal health. What about some issues about how do you broach this topic? How is a clinician able to talk about this in a quick, easy way when he or she has a very active and very busy practice? Right. I'm glad you asked that. Sometimes people self-refer and come to the office with a specific complaint, and I'll elicit on history that one of the products that they may be using for day-to-day hygiene or something new that they've picked up is what's the offending factor. So we'll just discontinue that or uh, whatnot in order to try to help with symptoms. But sometimes I actually have to really tease this information out of people because things that they've been doing or products that they've been using for years and years, they may not realize is causing a problem now after some time. So it is something that I'll discuss in terms of hygiene. I'll either recommend products or I'll recommend discontinuing certain products based on symptoms. 
What always shocks me is the variety that I hear from people in terms of what they use. So some people will just use what their mother told them to use years and years in a row. Some people use the same soap on their genital area and cleansers in the genital area that they use on the rest of their bodies. And so sometimes I'll say, well, would you typically use what you use on your body for your face? And why should your genital skin be any different in terms of needing something special that might be more moisturizing or less fragrant or whatnot? Other women are very interested in fragrance or lack thereof, and they want to, you know, quote-unquote freshen up or feel like they're feeling a little bit more cleansed in that area, so they'll pick something based on fragrance alone. And I do hear that type of situation and scenario a lot. Other people feel they need much more vigorous, you know, quote-unquote antibacterial cleansing. So they'll use some sort of antibacterial soap specifically in the genital area because they think, quote, you know, it's a dirty spot and needs to be cleansed more vigorously. And sometimes that's the cause of some problems. Right. And I think it's very important because you've got to tease out what the woman is thinking. And sometimes the myths are perpetuated. You know, I was always told to use this, so that's why I'm using it. And again, vulvar care is not only about the products you're using to cleanse the intimate area, but also maybe the laundry, your soap, the other things that can be very much irritating. You know, where I am in Southern California, we have a lot of women who are very active and vibrant. They, again, are doing a lot of exercise, sweating, and then they're staying in these clothes. And it's, you know, a constant moisture is irritating the vulvar area. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sex Med on ReachMD. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Critchman. Joining me today is Dr. Alyssa Dweck. She's a gynecologist in New York and assistant clinical professor at Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York as well. Alyssa, you were talking about feminine hygiene and you were talking about trying to feel fresh and they feel like they're dirty, it kind of brings up the topic that I think is quite concerning that the concept of douching, what is your thought about it and how do you counsel your patients? Right. So I think it's fairly common in the gynecologic world to frown upon douching in general. This tends to really disturb the natural pH balance and natural bacterial ecosystem that's in the vagina and usually causes more trouble than benefit. So I tend to tell my patients to steer clear of that. I did want to bring up something because so many women are wearing thong underwear or underwear that may not have a cotton lining to the crotch, and that sometimes can be irritating for some women. So I often will have people pay attention to their undergarments and you know, make special note of something that might be irritating or not moisture-wicking enough to help with symptoms. Right. So it's a, it's a whole kind of system we talked about. It's not only about the products and the sequence of the products, not only for the inside, the outside, but also what kind of clothing you're wearing. How are you cleaning that clothing? Are you double rinsing? Are you changing out of your wet bathing suit? Are you in a chlorinated pool doing exercise? So there's a whole variety of things in order to better take care of both, you know, the genital pelvic area. 
I wanted to just talk a little bit of some of your favorites. You know, a lot of the clinicians are very confused. You know, we talk about moisturizers. There's some evidence that supports improvement in the ridges, folds, elasticity with replens and refresh, as well as hybrids. Hybrids, to me, in my mind, have components about both moisturizing and maintaining, as well as lubrication for uh, intimacy. And some of our favorites are Luvina products, and as you had mentioned, Lubergine as well. But what about the vulvar area? I think those are very important as well. I know Lubergine has a lotion that you can use as a regular cleanser for the outside, and many of my patients enjoy that as yours do as well. Luvina also has products as well. So again, some important suggestions. And I think you've got to keep it simple. You've got to write down the recommendations on a pad. You've got to tell your patients to go specifically to find these products, which may not necessarily be easy to locate at your local store. And it could be a very confusing, daunting task to choose something. And many women don't want to necessarily stand in front of the intimate aisle for 30 minutes trying to figure out which is appropriate or not. So having some suggestions is very, very important as well. I'll try to sample my patients with products that I'm comfortable with in my office, but I think so much of it is individualization. So I'm not going to pick the same hygiene or cleansing or moisturizing type product for a 25-year-old than I am for a menopausal woman who's on estrogen. So it's, it's a very individualized thing. And again, some women can really tolerate lots of different products and just will buy what's on sale if that's most convenient and they have no repercussions. And others are quite sensitive and we really need to tailor a a particular hygiene regimen for them. Right. Any clinical pearls for our clinicians in order how to broach the topic? Any last minute discussion points in terms of how do you talk about this? Women don't really want to talk about it specifically. Right. I tend to be blunt and just bring it up. Somehow there's a comfort level that if your physician, who you've probably known for quite some time, especially in the field of gynecology and you see year to year, brings up the subject of vulvar and vaginal hygiene, it's not a taboo subject whatsoever. I think that the media is very helpful but sometimes concerns people in the sense that it almost seems that the vaginal area and genital area is considered dirty. And that's not really the case. Like I said, there is a self-cleansing mechanism for the area, but general hygiene is definitely necessary. I think the biggest pearl that I mentioned to my patients, but certainly other clinicians might find helpful, is that for women who are really sensitive, there's benefit to, quote-unquote, going commando when you're sleeping. Sleep with no underwear, sleep with no bottoms, and let the area aerate because so many women are wearing lycra or yoga pants or materials that don't allow the area to breathe day to day that perhaps a little aeration at night is going to be beneficial. And I mean, I think you're, you make a good point, and that is you know, also helpful for overall sexuality, intimacy. It may you know, stimulate some discussion with your partner or what have you. 
And again, very important issues to discuss with your partner and your clinician. In my office, we certainly have patient educational materials. We have handouts. We have a variety of things that can certainly help our patients. Sometimes the busy clinician doesn't have the time to spend. So having some handouts, educational materials are very important. And as you said, if you do have the opportunity, sometimes sampling is very, very important. Alyssa, thank you so much for being with us today. We've been talking about genital and feminine hygiene, not only inside the vagina, but also vulvar care and the importance of maintaining good health in order to prevent some symptoms like itching and burning and what have you, and kind of dispelling some of the myths of, of how to keep that area clean and healthy. You've been listening to Sex Med on ReachMD. Be sure to visit our website at reachmd.com slash sexmed to download this segment and others in the series. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Critchman, and remember, sexual health is general health. Thank you again for listening.